Welcome to the Shoreline Community Church Podcast, a community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. For more information, be sure to check us out online at shorelinecc.com. We're starting this year in this series, and it's, it's called Made New, A Fresh Start with Jesus. And, and I love that. I love fresh starts. I love the opportunity to jump in and say, I could do this better. And in 2022, here we are. And, you know, we're going to face some challenges this year. I don't think that's a big surprise. But we're also going to be dealing with the Lord working in our lives and, and plowing deep into our hearts. And, and we started this series, it started out with prayer. And we certainly believe in in prayer and, and just that communion with God, and that was a great message uh, two weeks ago. And then last week, Pastor Dwayne, I thought it was one of the best messages on fasting that I've heard. And it was just uh, so many great quotes and such an encouragement and a revealing of how God works in fasting and how he opens our heart and he does surgery on us. And it's kind of like an open heart surgery when we get into a mode of fasting and God works deeply in our lives. And so I encourage you, find a time to fast. I hope you did this past week, but jump in and do that. And today we're going to talk about the Word of God. When uh, Pastor Dwayne heard that, that Katie was, was COVID positive, he called me and uh, I was actually groaning and grunting in therapy when he called. But he said, uh, hey, we're going to need you to, to teach this week. And um, he said, it's on the Bible. And, <laughs> and I, it's like, I said, well, that's good. That's a good idea. To, he said, no, it's, you're teaching about how to read the Bible. And so it's about the Bible. And, oh, okay. So, so, uh, so he sent his notes to me that afternoon. And so uh, some great notes. And so I'm going to stick to what he wrote out. It's just excellent. And so I think you're going to be encouraged by that. But I love the Word of God. When I was first saved, I saved at 16, and I was just this rebellious uh, punk, and uh, just kind of doing a lot of bad things. And God got a hold of my life in a pretty powerful way, immediate transformation. And I started the journey. And so I had lived full speed for the devil before I was saved. And then I said, I'm living full speed for God now. And so it was the, my friends at school thought I had hit my head or something. They just couldn't believe what happened to me. And I remember how much I fell in love with the Word of God. And somebody gave me, I had some, some men in the church, some, some college-age guys discipling me. And I thought that was just really cool. And they gave me this, this Bible. It's called The Way, I think was the name of it. It was a living Bible, and it had pictures in it. And it was really cool. I, did, I didn't realize they had stuff like that. And I remember spending every night that I, you know, just or during the day at the park, just underlining. And, and I had all this time because I wasn't out partying with my friends anymore. And, and I remember I would go through like, Philippians and Ephesians and Colossians, and I realized I just underlined the entire book. You know, I should have just underlined what I didn't like. It'd be easier. And, you know, it's just, I just fell in love with the Word. It just, it just became a passion for me. And to this day, I still count it 
uh, just an amazing honor to be able to study the Word and to teach the Word. Uh, to be honest, I should pay you for that honor. But I actually get paid to do this. And I, sometimes I have to say, thank you, Jesus. It's just amazing. If I had to pay you, I owe you a lot of money. But uh, so thank you for this privilege to share the word, to teach it. And so, so this is an easy subject for me to just jump in and say, yes, yes, yes. The word of God is true. And it is inspired for our heart. And it does make a difference. It makes all the difference in the world in how we walk with Christ and our strength in him. And so the passage we're looking at today is found in 2 Timothy 3.16. It's easy to remember, 3.16. All scripture is breathed out by God, or God breathed, and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And then it goes on in 17, says that the servant of God may be thoroughly furnished for all good works. And so, so we are being equipped by that word that is profitable for those four things. And so we could spend a lot of time just on that passage alone. But it, I would, the, the big picture is we want to just encourage you to get into the word and to study the word and to dive in. And we know that it's the word of God that's life to us. And we have that passage where Jesus said, people do not live by bread alone, but what? By every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And it's that breath of God that has breathed into the scriptures that comes to us and is breathed upon us every time we eat upon the word and feast upon it that is instilling life inside of us. Amen? And so I encourage you in so many ways, let's just jump in. There's two goals of this message that, that we hope that you go home with here this morning. First of all, is just to instill that confidence that this truly is the Word of God. And I know for some, it's like, well, it, it's the Bible. God said it. I believe it. That's good enough for me. I don't need any more than that. But today, in, um, there's been a lot of criticism of the Word of God. Today, we, uh, there seems like there was an open mic for about uh, 40, 50 years of criticism in the media and in higher education that was blasting the word of God and its foundation, saying it's not true and it's just made up. And I had things like the Jesus Seminar 1 and Jesus Seminar 2 where they came out and said, well, first they said 50% of the things recorded in the Bible were not said by Jesus. Then they came out and said 80% were not said by Jesus. And you wonder, were they there? How do they know that? What's their proof? And as people started to investigate, wait a minute, What's the foundation of their research? Where do they get these things? And they began to realize this was just conjecture and speculation and biased opinion, and there was no foundation of what they were saying. In fact, uh, Tim Keller, he wrote a great book. I encourage you to read that. It's called The Reason for God. This is what he said. He said, the evidence of this older skeptical view of the Bible has been crumbling steadily for the past 30 years. And so he's talking about the research that these supposedly scholars uh, put into their assumptions. And this is what he said. Their books, their books were more, no more than assumptions, piled on assumptions and conclusions that reached out on the basis of little or no data at all. A former atheist by the name of Anne Rice, she wrote these words in 
reference to the critics, she said, I discovered the same field that in this field of some of the worst and most biased scholarship I have ever read. And so if you take the time and do the research, and I encourage you, if you have questions or you have doubts, please come talk to me. I have a lot of resources and places you can go to and just uh, to, to look at truth and to look at how we receive the word. And we'll talk about that in the sermon. And we can, can conclude with absolute confidence that this is God's word that is spoken to us today. And so this is, this is important. This makes the difference in how we live and what we believe. And I, I was talking to somebody this summer that had been around Christianity their whole life and they were having some serious doubts about everything. And, and it got to the point to where the, I said, well, what does the Bible say? And this person's like, well, you know, I don't know if I believe what the Bible says. And so that was kind of the, the crux of the matter. And it came down to, well, I believe some of it, and I don't believe other parts. So kind of a pick and choose kind of thing. And, and I am proposing that we accept the whole Bible as God's inspired word today. And so that's, that is what I'm hoping we can instill that kind of confidence that God does speak to us in his word. And the second, we want to equip you today. Hopefully, I'm going to give you a few examples, a few tools of how to just jump into 2022 with that passion to, to get into the word, dive in, and begin to study to show yourselves approved in this. And so, you know, there's something about God's word that gives us backbone. It gives us uh, a confidence. It gives us a sense of joy and passion and strength and all these things that are essential for spiritual life. So I hope I'm going to sell you on reading the word of God today. And we love that passage found in Hebrews that says, The word of God is alive it is active, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and, and attitudes of the heart. And so it goes down deep into our spirit and it searches us. That passage we read, 2 Timothy 3.16, was saying there's, there's four things the Word of God does. Two of those are saying, stop doing this, rebuke and correction, Two of them, teaching and instruction and righteousness, those are the bookends of that passage, are saying, now do this. So do this, don't, don't do. And so sometimes we need that word of God like a mirror uh, that we hold up and say, oh, yikes, I think I better change a few things from what God is saying to me today. So we're going to frame this message and three questions. And by the way, did you know you can go, right now you go to the Church Center app, and there, if you click on the, it says Sunday, right there in the middle, there's a little thing, and it's all the notes for each sermon, yeah, right there. And so if you're thinking, where in the world is he going with this message, that'll give you assurance. Okay, it does have an ending. And so you hang in there, and it has kind of, it helps you with the outline to understand, okay, where's this message going? And so we're going to ask, ask and answer three questions. The first is, can we really trust God's word? So we're going to circle back and talk about that a little deeper. The passage that we opened with, that 2 Timothy 3.16, uh, 
some translations say all scripture is inspired by God. Some that we just saw here, uh, breathed on by God, or God breathed in the newest NIV version. And, and so it's, it's getting right down to really what this passage is trying to say. In other words, it's not just inspirational. Like, you know, chicken soup for the soul, that's inspirational kind of thing. You know, it kind of warms your heart. It's, it's way beyond what that means. It's saying it's God breathed, that, that he took his authors, his men that were listening to him, and breathe these words into them, and their personalities are still attached to that, still show through their writings. But these truths came through these, these people who wrote this word of God, and it is there for us today, and it's kind of every time we open the word of God today, I believe there's that breath of God that's coming out from his word today that inspires us and encourages us and fuels us in so many ways. Over 3,000 times in Pastor Dwayne's research, he found that there's those phrases saying that this is God breathed. The Lord came to me. The Lord said, the Lord said to Moses, the Lord said to Isaiah, thus declares the Lord. And, and it just continue on and on. And the Apostle Paul said it really well in Galatians 1.11. He said, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source, and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to give you uh, the heart of what Pastor Duane had prepared, and, and send him a text, say, hey, great message today, because he did all this work, and there's a lot of research. And he, he I'm sure he had uh, expanded notes that he didn't send to me that had a lot of references and footnotes. And so I appreciate all his research. And it's the top 10 reasons that we can believe the Bible, the authenticity of Scripture, and to say, yes, it's true. And we start out with just the simple way that we receive the Word of God through manuscript evidence. And you can do some research on this and find out that most ancient writings had very little manuscripts that were handed down as proof of the original text, such as Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, very few of the original manuscripts. With the scriptures, let me just read for you. I just did a quick search and found that there's over 5,800 Greek, either full text or partial manuscripts of the scripture, 5,800 manuscripts, uh, 9,300 in other languages, and 10,000 in Latin. And so, so there's this huge amount of back information that we can go to and, and search and say, okay, what were the original words? We don't have any of the original manuscripts like, oh, this was written by Paul himself. But as, as close as about 150 years after that, it was handed down, rewritten, translated, and put into circulation in the churches. That's how we received it. That's how it was compiled. And so we have some great uh, manuscript evidence. Number two, the archaeological evidence. The more you dig, the more you find that proves the Bible. 
And so we're not afraid of science. Christianity is not opposed to science. Science is a study to discover truth. We're certainly in favor of that. Uh, sometimes there's a little bit of bias that goes with that that we would disagree with. But, but we do agree. We say, yes, let's dig. Let's find the evidence. We're not afraid of digging and, and searching and seeing if there's proof of these things. And they're still uncovering, even today, uh, artifacts that are proving Scripture to be true. Things they used to say, all oh, these things don't exist. There's no such civilization. It was just made up. And, and then they're like, egg on their face. It's like, whoops, well, I guess we found evidence that it really did exist. We have eyewitness accounts. And you can go to the, to a, into a study of how the early disciples stood by what they were saying. Especially when you, when you take into consideration, they, many of them paid their lives for what they believed. And you're not going to find a, a mass of people like that that are all willing to die for what they believe is true. And, and you know, there's somebody going to say, well, you know, it's kind of made up. But these people stuck to it. They lived it out. And you see that example by the early disciples. John Calvin said, Scripture has been sealed by the blood of so many witnesses who died to render testimony to the faith with the firm and constant yet sober zeal toward God. And that's so true. I love to study church history and study those who have laid the foundation for us. We have received a faith that was bought with the blood of those who believed this and lived it and paid that price. And so let's never take that lightly of those eyewitness accounts. The fourth thing we see, the corroborating accounts of how the history of the Bible uh, corresponds. We see the writings of Josephus and other historians. And, and they have to confess, well, there really was a history of these things that happened. Maybe they don't believe all the miracles, but they do will have to agree that there was a man by the name of Jesus that walked the earth as accounted. We have literary consistency. The Bible is 66 books written over 1,500 years by 40 authors, but it is one big grand story of God coming to redeem mankind and culminating in Jesus Christ. And so, so it's this great uh, consistency throughout, and each story, each contributor to the books of the Bible are sharing the heart of God in that same story. You have prophetic consistency, and that's, that's huge. I was telling Pastor Michael, I, I would love to see us do a class here sometime and just have it ongoing and deal with all this, all of these things of uh, apologetics and, and you know, what's, the, what's the foundation of our faith. And, and there's over 300 scriptures in Old Testament that were fulfilled in Jesus Christ and, so, and his life. And so there's, there's so much material, so much that we could look at and spend days and days studying this out. Perhaps some of you would be interested in something like that or being a part of teaching that. We have the experts' uh, idea of the scrutiny that went into the handing down of God's word. That's number seven. Am I keeping up with the... There we go. Expert scrutiny. And, and the whole idea that Pastor Dwayne wanted to convey here is the amazing uh, diligence of those that were known as the scribes. 
You know, sometimes we throw the scribes in with the Pharisees and, and just a bunch of, bunch of hard-hearted guys. But the scribes really were dedicated to something that, that is dear to my heart, and that's accurately taking the Word of God. And they, their whole function in life was to take and, and rewrite as pages would wear out. They realized, okay, we got to rewrite this so we don't lose it. And you would not believe the diligence from about 500 B.C. until about 900 A.D. These scribes were dedicated to this cause of taking the scripture and diligently copying letter by letter. In fact, they would, they would start the day by ceremonial, ceremonially cleansing themselves and then putting on what they considered, you know, kind of righteous garments, and so they took great pains to handle the Word of God correctly, washing out of their hands, and, and then as they began to script down the scriptures from one copy to the new copy, they, they didn't try to memorize across the page, they just took each letter with diligence, and if they were coming to the, the name of God, they took great uh, respect and, and, and great pains to be very careful in that. They would not dip their, their ink pen into the, into the ink and then start to write the name of God. They'd make sure it was kind of a, a smooth flow of ink in that and not interrupted and blotched up. Um, they would actually count the amount of letters in the original to the copy. So they'd come up with like, okay, in the original we had 4,391 A's and 1,000 Bs, and so on. They would, they would actually count diligently. How many would like that job? <laughs> yeah, man, talk about tedious. And they, they would actually count, okay, here's the amount of, of all these, alf- you know, in the Hebrew or the Greek. And then they would, then they would take and painstakingly count the new copy and make sure they were exact. It had to be exact. I've always found it amazing when they discovered the book of Isaiah and the Dead Sea Scrolls. There was one word different from what we have in our current translation. And that was somehow was a little bit of a misinterpreted word just from the writing. And so when we say we have been handed down an accurate account of what God has spoken and God has revealed, we can say that with certainty that has been handed to us. And, and so we have that evidence of that. Number eight, we have leaders across this world that have lived and accepted the gospel and believed it. A quote from Abraham Lincoln, he says, I believe the Bible is the best gift God has ever given man. All the good from the, the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book. But... For it, we could not know right, but for it, we could not know right from wrong. Number nine, we see the global influence. And let me just read a quote. This comes from Craig Bloomberg. He says, Christianity, as set forth in the Bible, is responsible for such a large number of humanitarian evidence advances in the history of civilization, in education, medicine, law, the fine arts, 
working for human rights and even in natural sciences. And I believe that. A great book I would highly recommend is John Ortberg. It's one of his more scholastic books. It's called Who Is This Man? And he goes to a lot of uh, lengths to, to just kind of measure the impact on Christianity throughout history. And, and it's a very encouraging book. And then finally, number 10. Are you ready for number 10? Changed lives. Us. We're evidence of God's word. And, and we can say that with, a, with an amen. Yes, we know how God's word has spoken to us and how it has encouraged us. I mean, I, we have been through so much personally, and people have said, man, how, how do you guys make it? I, I've been sharing Jesus with uh, the two ladies who are doing physical therapy on my, on my leg. And I think sometimes they kind of hurt me because I don't want to hear it. But, uh, oh man, the, the gal Friday, she, she had me screaming. But, uh, but I've been, you know, they know I'm a pastor. They, you know, I talk about doing the pastor, helping with the funeral for Pastor Zetterston. And so they, they know my whole world. And they probably know more about my life than you do. And so, so I've had a chance, you know, to share um, believe it or not, here's some of the things that have happened to us these last few years. And if you know our story, there's been quite a, quite a bit. And they have said, both ladies have said to me, how do you deal with all that? How do you, what keeps your life stable? And it's like, well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> And so I'm getting a chance to let the light shine. But I can say with certainty that if I did not have Christ in my heart, and if I had, if I had not made the Word of God an anchor for my life, then I think I probably would have been very discouraged in some of our trials. And, I mean, where else do you go, you know? Who else has the words of life, like the disciples said? Where else do we go for encouragement? There's no answers in the world. They're just, they're just floundering. And we need, in these last days, uh, more trials and more temptations. Church, this is the time we need to be deep into God's word. And if you're feeling a little convicted, just say, going forward, the Lord, we're not here to condemn. We're not here to say you should be doing these things uh, in the past. Why didn't you do them in the past? We're just saying it's a good time to jump in now. So let's ask the second question real fast. So why is it important? I'll zip through this really fast. It's obvious to I think to most of us, but maybe you're not sure why is the Bible so important? Why do we spend time reading it? You know, first of all, it teaches us, informs us where we came from, where we are now, where we're going, to know the future and to have that future hope and, and to put our hope in Christ going forward. It's our playbook. You know, when a society follows the playbook of Scripture, that society flourishes. And you can see that throughout the world. And, and God has blessed our country because I believe we have had that foundation 
of being in Scripture. And we need to see that return again into our foundation. But he gives us perspective as well. You know, think about this. How many times do we get stuck and we just need to talk to somebody and kind of hear their idea of how we would handle it? And that's one of the fun things about Scripture. It's like a, a divine mentor to us when you can look at the life of David and see, oh, David has some ups and downs too. He lost a child and he, he went through some very tough seasons and yet he hung on to the Lord and you get insight into a man who was passionate, who had a heart after God. And you look at the prophets and you see how, how they were rejected and sometimes even arrested for their faith, but they stuck to it. They said, we don't care what our culture says. We are going to share what God has told us to share. And you see that backbone of the prophets. Or you see Peter, a man who denied Christ, but yet God restored him. And as you look at First and Second Peter, Oh my goodness, the other day I just, I just was, I'm going through the Bible on uh, the, the YouVersion Bible and every day I, I listen to, to a few uh, chapters and I, I just went through First and Second Peter last week and I thought, you know, I haven't, I haven't taught a series, an expository series on First and Second Peter. It's a gold mine. I'm thinking, why haven't I? That is, you know, I think I've bounced in and out of it. But I would love to dive in and do a verse-by-verse deep study of First and Second Peter and, and just to see how God restored. It's deep. You think Peter was just kind of this fumbling, you know, fisherman. Oh, my goodness, God got a hold of his heart. And it is deep and it is rich. And so you can see the transformation let me just rephrase this from Josh McDowell. He said, God captures the full character of those he spoke to through from the tight-knit logic of a scholar like Paul to the priestly perspective of, of a theologian like we have in Hebrews to the poetic, poetic talents of a musician like David to the despair and agony of a people, Jeremiah. Each book of scripture is presented through the lens of human spokespeople, yet still conveys the exact message God wants us to receive. And so you get all those different perspectives as you read. Remember, it's not all the same author. It's not all the same person. And so you, you see the heart of Moses, and you see David, and, and you, you have these people that you become attached to. And I think someday I get to see these people in heaven and say, tell me about you know, what it was like when these things happened and, and spend a couple of million years just talking to, to these Bible leaders, you know, just, it's going to be absolutely amazing. We're reminded that faith comes from what? From hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so it's that faith. You know, if you're shrinking down in your faith, ask yourself, what am I feeding myself? Who's winning that battle? Which dog am I feeding? The old illustration you need to feed your spirit to be strong. So how do I read the Bible? Let's give you some practical encouragements. And there's, there's a million tools and a million ways. But first of all, just read it to apply it. Because sometimes just knowing, I think Pastor Dwayne quoted somebody a few weeks ago that, you know, it's, uh, the old adage is, knowing is half the, the battle. I think that came from G.I. Joe. But, uh, you know, I think... 
we kind of like just knowing the word is going to do, you know, a lot of work. But research has shown that it's more like 10%. It's, it's just a start. So you, just knowing is not enough. You have to do the word. We're reminded in James, you know, don't be like the person who looks in the mirror and says, oh, no, I have green goo all over my face. And then they walk away forgetting what they look like and don't, you don't change anything. And you go out in life and people are looking at you funny with all that stuff on your face. It's the same way with the word. You have to apply it. You have to say, I have to put this in a practical way into my life and to live it out and, and to receive the things that God has for me. So I encourage you just to get into a daily plan. And there's a lot of great tools. Uh, the Bible in a Year plan. There's uh, the Church Center app. Um, or the, uh, the U version of the Bible. How many have that? The U version, of, it's free. And um, it's a great resource. You can, ch- you can change translations. And it has daily devotions. And um, it's just a, just a really easy, nice way to get in. You can just hit the play and, and you can read it in any of the translations you want. So like if you're commuting and you're thinking, when do I have time to to sit and read the Bible. I'm, my life's busy. If you're commuting, just put that on, and, and, and that's a great way to spend 15 minutes to an hour, or however long your commute is, you know, just filling your car full of the Word of God and, and just hearing the Word and, and going through. You can cover a lot of territory of Scripture if you do that. If you just did like 20 minutes a day, you're going to zip through. You'll be through the New Testament like by the end of March. And, and it's like, oh my, this, this is easy. And so there's these great tools that are available just to meditate on it, to study it, to know or show ourselves approved unto God, this faithful workman. Uh, there's some, you know, there's great books, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth, Gordon Fee. I highly recommend that's a good book. The, uh, like I shared, the, the U version. It's called the Bible app, the Bible gateway. There's all kinds of, of tools. You can go online, and there's no excuse. If you want to know anything about anything, you know, be careful in your search. But if you have Bible questions, you know, you can go in and say, what's the deal with this? And you can look at all this research that I'm giving you today and, and find out great resources. You know, not everything on the Internet is garbage. There's some people, there's actually some people who have put some thought into some of this. And, you know, so check out the resources, find some good books, and read that. At the beginning of this year, I was praying. I said, Lord, what, what do I need spiritually? And what went right into my heart was just to, to hide the word in my heart better. I've always been really good at memorizing scripture, but later I can't recall it. You know, so, so that's like, oh, I do really good, you know, to have it for a day. And then it's like, oh, what was that again? You know, and I get a little confused with all the translations. I'll use that excuse. But, you know, sometimes you're reverting. You have a verse that you quote, half King James, half living, uh, amplified. You're just all over the place. You know, you have the concept. So I thought, I got to get better at this. I should have done this like about 40 years ago. And so I've, I found a great app. That, that I highly recommend. It's called Verse Locker. 
And, and you can put in all scriptures you want into that. You can categorize them. And then you can go in and practice them. And you can, you can do the blur. You can do the word puzzle. You can do it by initials. And then you type it in and just practice it. And, you know, I have this thing where I wake up like at 2 in the morning every night, between 1, 2, and 3 in the morning, and I can't get back to sleep. And so, so I just think, okay, uh, if that's the devil waking me up, I'm going to read Scripture. If that's God waking me up, I'm going to read Scripture. And so that's been my tool that I've, you know, besides playing chess, try to get back to sleep. But I, but I just put out the, the verse locker, and I've just, you actually get awards for accomplishments. Yes. And I have four of them so far. So I'll let them know that at Starbucks and see if I get a discount. But yeah, so it's just, you know, there's so many tools. We are without excuse and to say, well, it just, I can't find the time. I don't know how to study the Bible. Oh, man, just please find the, find the, I'll help you find the tools and we'll jump in and study this together. I always fall back on Pastor Bob. He, you know, he had the soap. Remember soap? And uh, so we're clean Christians. And remember the soap acrostic, scripture, observation, application, and prayer. So Pastor Bob always talked about journaling. And I just hated the idea of journaling. And dear diary, you know, kind of that kind of thing. I just thought, oh, that just doesn't appeal to me. But he's like, Steve, listen, what you do is you take a scripture, you write it out right here on this page. And so he gave, he gave these to all the staff. And so that's the scripture, the, the S. Then you observe from just, just looking at it, what do you see? And find some context, things like that. And then you look for application. Okay, so this is how this verse can apply to me, and then the P's. So there's the SOAP. This is my prayer. And so you can take any, any notebook and do the same, but uh, this, this works really well where you put one passage where you can see the whole thing laid out. And that's been a, that's been a great tool to go back to and just to look at those verses and what God was speaking to me as I live for him. And so there's, you know, get in a group. I encourage you in groups. Boy, I looked at, I, I kind of peeked in at the Oasis group. Way to go. Uh, way to go, Wayne and Stephanie. That was, or Wayne and Natalie. That was, uh, that was packed. Your class was packed. So way to go. And that, you know, that's encouraging to see somebody coming and, and getting into groups. So, so jump in, be in groups. That's a great way to, to ask questions and, and find out more about Scripture. But I'm going to, come to a close here this morning, I'm going to just ask you to apply this in a very practical way and ask the question, am I confident in what God's word is saying? Do I trust it? Do I trust him? Do I say, well, just not sure if this was all inspired. I have some doubts, struggling with that. Or, you know, I read it and it just doesn't seem to work in my life. And sometimes we go through those seasons, but I think we need to come to the place to where we say, God is speaking to me, and what does that mean for me personally right now? What is your struggle? What, 
what things are you saying, oh, you know, it's tough, it's a tough season. And how does God fit into the solution in that? How, what is he speaking to you? What is his word speaking to you? And how many times have we just come across a verse that we've read a million times, and all of a sudden, God just makes it alive to our hearts and says, that's for you. And it's like it's this personal little whisper of God into your heart, this encouragement from Jesus himself. How do I apply the Bible to my life? And, and it's, you know, spend time just saying, Lord, how does this speak to me today? What do I need to put off? What do I need to put on? What do I need to stop? And, and we know, just be honest with yourselves. Allow the Lord to speak to you. I make that my prayer every day. Lord, speak to me and let me listen. Let me be your servant. If you have something in my life that is not pleasing, Lord, speak to me and show me. And let me remove those things that are obstacles. Let me run this race with diligence. Let me be your servant today. And if you make that your prayer every day and, and just, just allowing the, the scriptures to flow into your heart day by day, you're going to find all kinds of strength and excitement. You're going to be quick to share the word. You're thinking about God throughout the day. What next steps do I need to take in applying it more? Do I need to read more regularly, studying, memorizing, getting with others? Those are all good, all of the above. They all work, and they all help. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, your word is alive. And you're speaking to your church. And Lord, I, I believe we need to be engaged in your word. There's so much confusion today. There's so much deception and things that can steal our attention and steal our hearts. Lord, we need to be absolutely sold out to you, hearing truth, hearing words of encouragement. We're blasted with opinions through all the news services, and, and they're blasting at each other. There's so much anger and frustration around us. And Lord, I, I believe we need to be people that are hearing from you, not plugged into every bit of news. Lord, I, I, I have heard you speak to me this year to turn off some of that noise and just to go to that quiet place more often to meditate upon you and your word and to receive the words of comfort, words of healing, to put away the anger and the strife those things don't come from you, but what comes from you is peaceable and gentle, easy to understand, easy to follow. Let those words fall upon me, Lord, when I get before you. And I pray this year would be a year in your scripture to immerse ourselves like never before. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We thank you for your word today. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you.
Thank you for your word and that we can know that it's true. Thank you for giving us good tools in our tool belt this morning. And I pray you'd help us apply them this week. In Jesus' name. So did you hear there was a new resource I hadn't heard of before? Verse Locker. I downloaded it. It gives you four starter verses that most of you probably already know, at least three of them. And um, anyway, I think that's a good challenge. Thank you. That was really good. And, you know, God's word really does rewrite our hearts. It gives us that perspective. We earlier today sang about Jesus being with us in the storm. Sometimes the storm gets so loud we forget it. We forget that Jesus is there. And it's the word that helps us remember that. So thank you, Pastor Steve. That was really good. You want to stand with me and we'll give the benediction. Here's my challenge to you as you leave. Find somebody and tell them what your plan is this year, what God's laid on your heart to be applying the word into your life. Has he called you to read through it? Has he called you to study one, one book really tightly? What's God called you to this year? Let's read together. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.